When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's up, people? Adam Hunter here, giving you a brand new MMA Roasted podcast on Rockfin. Rockfin's been great to me. Make sure you endorse me at rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter. That's why I'm giving you so many podcasts and comedy shows and kamikaze comedy and all kinds of good stuff. Um, Today we got Stefan Bonner on the show, as well as Jeremy Kennedy. It's going to be a great show. Jeremy Kennedy is fighting for the million dollars in the PFL. Stefan Bonner is making uh, his debut on Impact Wrestling. He's kicking ass in the wrestling circuit, and he's a great guy. Both great guys. So let's talk to Stefan Bonner right now. Okay, you're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. How's it going, man? Not too bad. I was just calling to see how, how life is, man. Uh, I, it seems like your academy is kicking ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My one guy did a tournament the other day, injured three guys. I'm so proud of him. Really? Yeah, he's a little badass. He's 13. Little monster. Smashing kids. <laughs> 13 years old. Uh, yeah. So, now, now, what do you, now, do you like, I remember you, you, you found a spot. You're like, I'm going to teach here. And now it's going really well. I mean, it's just like everything I do, just a little hobby. Can't take it too seriously. Fuck. But I see that you're, you're actively coaching classes. I mean, yeah, I teach. I teach Monday through Thursday. Nice, man. And how's the how's the stand-up comedy going? Uh, um, you know, I think I'm coming along pretty good. I'm ready for the stripes on my white belt. I think you gotta come check me out sometime, Dick Face. <laughs> All right, there you go. And then, uh, how's the program? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, what did I do? Psych the psychedelic comedy. Yeah, my friend, my friend Tom Bomb said he booked you where, like, the premises, the, the, the people in the, on the, the comics all got to do acid or LSD. No, or, they didn't have any. They oh. didn't have any, so it was mushrooms. So you, you did mushrooms and then stand-up comedy? Yeah. And how did that go? Fucking great. I just... I just realized that there's no way I'm going to be able to remember any fucking thing and if I try to plan it. So, you know, just went up on stage and grabbed the mic and went to town. And what did you talk about? And it goes better that way because I can't remember shit, man. I can't plan jokes and fucking... Like, ew, this is like... I, I just talk about everything. Like, fucking... Just a little of everything. How I got into this and... You know, what that means about me psychologically and then fucking a little about fighting and a little about wrestling, life in general, and, you know, busting the balls of a couple other comics. It was great. You got to see it. 
I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Now, uh, I've never done mushrooms. Is this your first time doing it, or you've done it a bunch? Oh, I mean, it's a handful of times. Yeah. I look nervous. Even when I, when I take edibles, I always feel like I'm never going to be able to come out of that high. So it just, I, I'm, I'm more of a, of like a weed smoker. Yeah. Like high for like a half an hour, an hour. Edibles spends like three, four, or five hours, and I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best thing to do if you're if you're scared of something is just to jump right into it. I don't know about that because I've always been scared of like getting anally raped. Uh, and I don't know if I just want to jump into it, so. Uh, you just, I mean, that's, that's pretty us. That's pretty us. Right, of course, of course. And, you know uh, what I mean. I understand, I understand. You, you definitely, like, definitely. You know what I mean. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Things that give you anxiety, you know? And then, uh, so I'm doing this thing now, I'm, I'm driving to Arizona, I got the baby in the back seat. I got the dog here. I'm gonna tell you, so I'm, I'm doing your podcast on a drive to Arizona. Talk about like really multitasking it. Some guys are in the studio. Leave me alone. I'm about to do my podcast. Where's yeah, no, my Where's my cappuccino in this way, like LA style? Pussies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Uh, hey, so. I, how's, the, how's the pro wrestling? It's it's I'm doing great, man. Just had impact the last couple of weeks. Worked with Moose Ken Shamrock. Yep, get to check it out. It'll air tomorrow. Me, Moose, and Ken Shamrock. Where is it gonna air? When's this podcast there? Uh, podcast. I can put it up. Whatever. I'm gonna put it up next week. But when and where can people see it? Uh oh, someone's going through bars, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, where can people see this podcast? I mean, this uh, this thing. Where can people see this? The uh, pro wrestling. All right. Well. Yeah. Can you hear me? The nineteenth. Yeah, that uh, impact tomorrow, September twentieth. Me oh, and wow. Moose and Ken Shamrock, uh, all involved in a big angle. I mean, M- impact is a pretty big deal. Big deal. Yep. And then doing a lot of other shows. It's been getting bookings. It's, you know, the momentum. I could feel it. I'm in the midst of some good momentum. Yeah, I'm telling you, when I saw that you wrestled Kenny, that guy, my friend Kenny, whatever. Oh, yeah. We're going to, yeah, November 9th down in Orlando. We're going at it again. Yeah. Oh, you and Kenny are fighting again? Kenny Lester. Gorilla Blanco. Orlando, Florida, November 9th. It's going to be a trilogy. Oh. Did I let the cat out the bag? Did you and Baroni make up? No way, man. No way. Any guy who, like, you know, um, if something, here to go through something really rough in your life and he derives uh, a ton of pleasure from it, is he, is, is he really your friend? Is that a guy you want to hang out with? No, no. Well, you gotta, you help, help, help over and over and over, and then it just gets all over you, like not even acknowledging it. And like with everyone, I like that duty bummed up, mooched off forever, like almost two years. Like you said, hey man, you know, like, you know, if you were to pay me rent this whole time, we'd be like looking 
at least 10, 15 grand and lost all the weed he smoked, another 10, 15 grand. And like, he's going to, minute like fuck any leash here, he's going to call you fucking scumbag and threaten to kick your ass. And that's exactly what he did. That sucks, because I like, I like both you guys. I was, I <laughs> yeah, go be, be his buddy, man. Let me know how it works out. <laughs> now, um, what do you think, by the way, of this whole Colby Covington angle where I think he left America Top Team, he was kind of feuding with Masvidal, I think he got new management, uh, him and Poirier, so there might be a brawl if he sees him. What are your thoughts on Colby? He's <laughs> the best thing to happen to the UFC in a long time. Yeah. Oh, you should be more serious and respected. This is coming from the fat douchebags who fucking wouldn't last a fucking round with anyone, you know? Armchair quarterbacks. This is a disgrace. You need to be respectful. Who are you, man? It's Colby's sport, man. And he's doing what he wants in it. Fucking take it, you know, put up with it or shut up. Right. Like, he's backing it up, man. Like, you could, I mean, you could do whatever you want. You're going to go in the cage, and it's someone else's job to try to tear you apart and, and fucking beat you to a pulp, you know? That's that's what someone else is getting paid a lot of money to do. Dana White's finding someone who will fucking rut Colby, all right? And that's what the sport's about. How do you think Colby does against uh, Usman? What's that? How do you think he does against Kamara Usman, Colby? Great. What's well, so fucking out wrestling? I don't know about that. Yeah. No, I mean Kobe's a friend of mine. I I just I worry that if he alienates himself from American Top Team, that he's not going to get good training partners anymore, and that's going to affect. Dude, it's good. He's a stud wrestler. He's been the ATT a while, man. He could go anywhere and train. And he's at the prime of his life. He's in great shape. What's he need? Like some secret technique they're going to teach him to. No, like, dude, he's an athlete, top level. Look how he's been doing. He's yeah. been training there a long time. He, wherever Jimmy goes to, he's he's going to sharpen everyone else up there, and he's going to be a, a benefit to that gym. Good point. That's a very good angle. Now, as far as um, Aspirin Maya, who do you think wins that fight? Oh, boy, honestly, like, uh, it's... Either here's how I see it going. Either Maya catches him in a quick, crazy fluke. Not fluke. He's Maya. He's awesome. He's, you know, Maya fucking is so so slick to get you in that first round somehow. You know, but if Askren really feels him out, I think if he like makes it out the first round and a half, I think he'll probably get the nod. I don't. You know, he's gonna go the distance for sure. So, I mean, I wouldn't bet on it, but that's how I see it. Hey, man, if it goes to Maya, he's going to catch him in the choke or something early. If, if, if not, then the Aspen's winning. Did you ever train with either of those guys? No, let's see. Um, Damien, yeah, yeah, Damien came to close some great season, like, freaking... Oh, man, I think like 05, back before he even got in the UFC. He was just this Brazilian jiu-jitsu whiz that was on the rise. And then it was after that that I saw him in his first UFC fight, yeah? So I was in the UFC before him. Believe did that. You roll, did you roll with him back then? Yeah, of course. 
And what was that like? It wasn't like crazy. We were obvious, and we were like, it was like a nice, smooth roll. But he was fucking, you know, ridiculously good. And and you know, I think if he really tried to force a choke, like my skills back then, he probably could have got me. But like, I didn't be caught in anything. But you know, like, it's a good chance he probably wasn't trying his hardest. I know, like I was, I was just like respectful role, like. But, you know, I knew how dangerous he was, so I was, I was playing it a little safe, too. So. But was, was there ever a guy in, like, the gym that you thought was going to be unbeatable and then would kind of go out there and just not perform, and then vice versa, a guy that, like, you were like, this guy, this guy sucks, or he's probably that guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, there was. But I can't remember his name. Back. So who was the guy that you, who was the guy in the gym that you were like this guy is the greatest and then he kind of like whatever who was the guy that you were like ah I don't know about this guy and he and he was like a, a world beater. Um, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. He never turned into anything. Was it Roy Nelson? Like, I got hit in the head a lot. Was Roy Nelson like a guy? Well, I'd say Roy like, Nelson's an overachiever. No, I'm saying with you a guy in the gym that you were like, I don't see how, and then he just goes out there and knocks everybody out. Oh, I mean, yeah, like a guy who is the best. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Who in the gym you didn't think would do as good as you did and went out there and killed everyone? Hell yeah. <laughs> he's freaking, so many people silly. He's, he's fighting Frank Mir again. You know what? That should be a good fight. That should be a really good fight at this point. You know, last one... Wasn't that? I remember Frank got a takedown, which pretty heavy on top, and I—I I mean, it was a long time ago, so but I remember the fight that uh, Roy after after that was pretty pretty arm wear. <laughs> it was pretty tired. Yeah, right now, I mean, I I'll always watch a Roy Nelson fight. You know, normally someone's getting knocked oh, yeah. out, but yeah. it seems like late, it seems like lately he hasn't been. You know, he's he's kind of been winding down a little bit, but. Good fight, yeah, according, to, according to Scott Copeland. At least, yeah, he's in his 40s. He's in his 40s, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Uh, now, Ken Shamrock has a bare-knuckle boxing thing. Does he, try, does he try to get you involved in that? Oh, no, no. Like, well, yeah, they did clear I had no... It's I've been asked like, by everyone to do that, you know? It's like Sokaju, I think Mighty Moe's in it. And he doesn't blame me, <laughs> you know. He does not blame me. Well, it's like a it's a four man tournament. Like it's like it's like more than one fight in one night, bare knuckle. Which that seems pretty crazy because people get cut bare knuckle so easily. How are you gonna fight again two hours later? That seems yeah. kind of insane. But I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it. So, you know, that's that's crazy. Um, Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. When this fight gets done, who do you, who do you like in that fight? No, this is a, the dream fight, because if anyone will slither out, or if anyone's going to make Khabib tired from... But he's like a little salamander, you know? Like yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, could be that. Poor, I feel like Poirier, 
he had that one moment in that fight where he could have, in that second round, I'm like, oh, empty the gas tank. And he, I feel like he held back a little bit. Like, that was his, his one moment. But, who, I mean, what do I know? You know, I'm, I'm not fighting Khabib. But, man, that was like. Yeah. That's it. Did you watch I mean, that? That's all it takes. That's, that's it. Sometimes yeah. that's all it takes. Just a little more squeeze on that choke, you know? And how's it going with, like, the wife and and, and, and all the, the uh, groupies? Have you uh, banned the groupies? From, you know, I know there were a lot of girls that were, like, seemed like these, like, mid-40 girls with, like, fake tits and, like, hot but, like, a little dirty. They seem to really like you a lot. Have you, uh, have you, have, have you awarded them off? Well, I mean, I help them out a lot. Give good advice. What kind of advice do you give them? It, it, it depends. Like, uh, sometimes one person needs to hear uh, to go one direction. Another person needs to hear to go the other direction. You never know. I mean, it's always a different case. But, yeah, you know, I'm, like, I, yeah, I love people, man. You do love people. So, uh, now, whatever happened with that that. One kick. I know. I know your coach. One kick, Nick, who is like a world champion kickboxer. He's also kind of an entrepreneur. He um he opened up a strip club that girls get paid in crypto, and somehow you were involved in the strip club. What happened with that? Uh, it was you know on the weekend for the big fights. The place was happening, but during the weeks it was a ghost town, and they just couldn't afford to keep it open. I'm making them the money. But I mean, it was big and a lot of overhead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just, a I was just a host. Like, you're a host? Just a host. So I just would hang out and bring people in the club, you know? Now, now did any of the girls ever try to, like, uh, I know a lot of times, like, you know, women at the, at the club are attracted to, you know, muscle guys that used to be fighters with cauliflower ears. Any of them ever, ever, ever try to pick you up? Oh no! <laughs> that was always extremely professional, man. Okay. As, man. as, as was Mister Baroni, except when he got fired. Well, if you call it getting fired, you know, going off on the owner, and you know, yeah, going nuts on the owner is like not really getting fired, fighting yourself. But was it hard for you to resist? Because I know sometimes those girls would be very persuasive, and you know, you know, you're you're only you're only a man. So was it hard to be like, listen, this is not, you know, to not give in the tape temptations of the flesh? Yes, of course. Oh God, no, it's easier. Good night. By the way, your wife uh, gave my baby these hair bands. But is he such perfect. a big setup? You're just trying to set me up. Like, you're fucking with your wife <laughs> driving. Like, uh, like, like, God. I'm not trying to set you up. God. Yeah, you are. I know. I was I'm not. I was yeah. Now her and my, my wife are best friends, and, like, oh, it's fucking, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I swear. But your wife had has. <laughs> the cutest hairband made for my little baby. So thank you. She's very talented. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. She's super, super talented. Now, I'm going to be in Vegas again on uh, uh, December 15th. That's a big fight weekend. Do you want to do comedy again? 
Kicks are the stupidest move ever. I do the Van Dam, the jump, spin, splits kick. That's a Van Dam kick, man. I was a Van Dam kick. Oh, right, right, right. But it seems like a lot of these wrestlers, new age guys, are doing like crazy off the top rope, like triple lindens or. or yeah, they or, also weigh 150 pounds. So you're not going to be the kind of that guy, right? You're, you're going to stick with like the basics? Dude, a 250-pound guy going off the top rope is good enough doing the macho, man. Like, they kill someone. They would kill but then, someone. Like, but didn't Brock Lesnar do, like, a, a backflip off the top rope? And then... He landed on his head. But <laughs> his, his bones are pretty much, like, steel. Like, he didn't break his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You're not going to do that? Who knows, man? Now, what about, like, this hardcore wrestling where, like, they do, like, uh... You mutilate yourself? No, it's retarded. Okay. It's retarded. The wrestling is, uh, you pull out one, you go on there and put on a beautiful fight scene. I'd love to do a fight scene. I used to sit in front of the tunnel as a kid with my friends, and, like, we'd do these little fucking elaborate fight scenes, and people would up and being on them at the ass kicking side dish out, you know, but it was all work. Right, right, right. right. You know, my, my, my buddy's uh, dad, my next door neighbor, lives your buddies at that VHS video camera and, and make these movies, which were I mean, all like led to these fights and fight scenes. And, but yeah, so yeah, this has been in my blood, man. I love martial arts and fighting, and now I even do pro wrestling. My dude, my dad took me to those. Rosemont Horizon, how many times as a kid you go know, see Hogan and Bundy and the Macho Man and fucking uh, yeah, the Bulldogs against the uh, Valentine Beefcake. And, yeah, yeah, those are the days, man. That's, yeah, that's what I wanted to be in the 80s. When I was in yeah. church one time, went around, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just wanted to be a professional wrestler. That's what I said. Me too. Actually, right. And I was a little ass. kid, and then we 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 all played Mercy that day, right? And uh, this one kid was beating me in Mercy, and you know the game Mercy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I needed my balls. Like God, I got him good. He was down for a while. I felt so bad. I was the same way. I was obsessed with wrestling. Like my bar mitzvah theme was Adam's No Hold Bar Mitzvah. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was a huge uh, Piper was my favorite. Piper and, and the Macho Man. Were my, were my <laughs> but, See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piper's daughter's doing right now. You missed your calling, man. I know. I, I, I thought you had to be bigger. I, I was like... I That's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. And then I could, like, get back in, in, in the wrestling world... Like back, I remembered. I, I said that too when I was at Sulapai Sports Institute of Lifting. This is like 2000. I went there after I fought Jones, 2010, 11, 12. There's a student that was freaking huge. Oh my god! I look like that dude being pro wrestling, and then like, and now I'm getting back in touch with the pro wrestling world in the last years, and it's 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 small guys like that. I am big in the pro wrestling world. I work with Moose yeah. the other day. It's 290. I got to do a flying armbar and little guy move. 
and it was like, cool, like, wow, like, now I'm the little guy. But, yeah, back then when I thought about doing pro wrestling, I was like, figured, like, okay, if I did it, I'd have to be a little guy. I'd have to do top rope and spin kick type shit, and I'm doing that anyway. But I'm also usually going with smaller guys, and I'm tossing them around. What's your finishing move? I mean, it's been chokeouts. It's been that flying jump, uh, Van Dam spin kick. It's been the Macho Man. So yeah, it's like it, I don't know. I just gotta figure it out. Whatever works. And the only thing is, like, oh, the Macho is awesome. This I was with MVP working for Impact, and he's like, oh, he, 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 I'm like, that's gonna be my finishing move. He's like, you sure about that? He's like, okay, you're gonna be doing it every night. And I go, um, maybe I'll just choke someone out. <laughs> Actually, Bret Hart was my favorite. Bret the Hitman Hart. He was my favorite wrestler. Yeah, I got to meet him. He just had a certain thing about it. He was just cool. Like, the other Bret was just really cool. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. that's great, though, man. That, that's great you're doing it. I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy for you, though. Uh, it sounds like I made things like with your gym and more wrestling and your life. And I saw a picture of you and your, you and your, your son, Morris. It was really cute. I was just, I don't know, man. Happy for you, bro. For real. Alright, brother. December 15th, right? Yeah. Sunday? Well, keep it up. Put it on the calendar. L.A. Comedy Club. Yes. Alright. Keep it up. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Stefan. I appreciate it. Alright, Adam. Take care. Thank you, Stefan Bonner. You are the man. You are the man amongst men. Uh, thanks for all you do. Let's talk to Jeremy Kennedy, former UFC star, now in the PFL, kicking some butt just as a win over Steven Seiler, going for that million dollars. Let's talk to him right now. This is Jeremy Kennedy, fighter who, uh, record of 12-2, and two, just got a win over Steven Seiler in the PFL tournament. I think he's got a good shot of winning a million dollars. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, dude, anytime, anytime. Uh, I'm actually I'm driving to Arizona right now. I got my dog on my front seat, the baby in the back. I'm talking to you, uh, hands free, of course. But uh, how's uh, Las Vegas, man? Uh, Vegas is good, man. I actually just got back in this week. Um, I was out in uh, at TriStar. I'm um, doing a little bit of my camp out there, um, and now, yeah, here I'm. I'm in Vegas, and I'm finishing up for the last month. Um, and wow! I'm excited. Yeah, well, I mean, you should be. Um, you had a you had a rough start in the PFL. I'm not gonna lie. I was shocked. I was like, oh my god! But was that a wake up call? Was that a blessing in disguise? That loss? Yeah, I mean, it was and it wasn't. I mean, I, I can't think too far into it. You know, it, it happens in this sport. It was more of a, a wake up call that. You know, it's a game of inches. You know, not that necessarily I got to work on X or Z or whatever. I don't got to have to. I, I feel I trust in my preparation. It's just a little bit more of, you know, when it comes down to that fight, you got to be on and you got to be, you know, make no mistakes and just be sharp. And uh, just changing my mindset a little bit fight day rather than training camp. You know, I had a great camp. Everything was, was perfect. And I kind of feel a little robbed, you know, so it's, it sucks because I, I worked so hard to be able to uh, perform and I didn't get that opportunity, you know, so I think it's kind of cool how, how things have came full circle and I get to re re get some redemption 
And it's it's pretty cool out of all the guys in the tournament, he's the guy I get matched up with for this first round. Yeah, and you know what? I last last year in the PFL, like everyone who lost came back and won in like the playoffs. So it was almost like the advantage was for the guy who lost earlier on in the season. Yeah. Um, do you think it was a flash KO, or do you think that it was uh, just a matter of your hands just not being as high as they should have been? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, he caught me with a really good shot at, at a. I know he threw that kick at a really, really uh, unorthodox time. You know, he, we were really close distance, and he was kind of like leaning back, and he just kind of threw it out there. Obviously, my hands was weren't where they were supposed to be. And, you know, I think it was a combination of everything, you know, like all the stuff that transpired the, the 24 hours beforehand, getting switched opponents and been being right. given a southpaw for an orthodox. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was training for an orthodox fighter, and then, you know, the day before the fight, I get switched to a southpaw who's a completely different style. Um, but th- those aren't excuses because that's stuff that you got to – be prepared for in a tournament setting, you know. I mean, now I look at it and I, I, I just approach it differently, you know. Showing up fight week, I, I can fight any of these guys. If any of these guys miss weight and the other guy gets injured or whatever, they they swip and swap everybody now. So I'm just ready to fight anybody at any time and all styles. Yeah, but you're, and, you're right, though. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that, man. I didn't even think about how much of an advantage it was for the guy because he's probably only – training with orthodox fighters and you're probably not training with southpaws at all especially that camp you know i wasn't expecting that i was fighting alexandra bezerra who is a traditional thai boxer doesn't do any switch dancing very flat-footed striker to a you know a bouncy spin kicky southpaw you know and he was training for almeida who's uh roughly the same size height and an orthodox fighter like myself so um, it, a little, but I mean, that's that's kind of pulling hairs here. It doesn't really matter, you know. That's all oh, in the yeah. past, and it's just all how it's just how things all kind of played out is all. No, but you're right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It's like you're right. I mean, you're right on everything. Everything you're saying is correct because it's like you don't want to make excuses, but damn, that's a pretty good excuse. Um, so I feel it's just the circumstance, you know, that that happened, and I got to be ready for anything, you know. So now, um, and I just think that just shows. I just think that shows that this this next fight's going to be a lot different now. You know, I've got a full camp of thinking about this guy. You know, not just twenty four hours. Um, they, they, yeah, so you know what's crazy about you, man? You've you, you've had, you've been fucked over by a lot of organizations. Like the UFC, you were like eleven and one. Uh, your only loss yeah. being to Volkanovski, who's like, I mean, that guy is a monster. He beat Jose Aldo. And they yeah. let and they let you go because they or you left because they weren't getting fights. That's crazy. Yeah, you know it, it is. It's this sport is kind of unforgiving, but uh, I think it all points me in the right direction. And I think winning this million dollars is going to be uh, kind of the the cherry on top. Right, one thousand percent. I mean, even your fight against uh, Kyle Boschnack. I mean, you look about how good that guy's looked since you fought him. I mean, that yeah. that's kind of makes. Oh, I can win over a much, much, you know, damn. That guy's a monster. That guy's a monster. Um, now, you and Kevin Lee are, like, following each other around. Because he was at Extreme, <laughs> then he went to TriStar, then you went to TriStar to Extreme, now you're back at Tri. I mean, have you been training a lot with, with uh, Kevin? Um, we we train a little bit here and there. Um, but I think, yeah, we just kind of, 
his reasons were different. He was looking for a, you know, a, a new home. And uh, I was just looking for a different look for a short period of time. You know, Vegas and extreme is kind of my spot. Um, but there's a lot of self paws out there in, in Montreal. And they, they do a lot of jiu-jitsu. And I'm Canadian, and I've never been there. So I was just like, you know what? I'll start my camp out there, do a week. I did about nine days out there, get a different look, be uncomfortable, and then uh, make, make my trip back out here and, and finish camp where I'm comfortable with my team, my group. And, and I got tons of time. You know, I've been here since Monday, so four and a half weeks kill the fight and i'm fighting right here in vegas so it's nice to kind of just like blend right into fight week and it's, it's going to be good here i'm kind of glad with how everything played out and i think kevin actually was getting there the day i left you know but he was oh, okay. he was driving down and uh we were kind of doing opposite you know i was testing it out and he was going there permanently did you train with that gsp at all when you're out there uh, yeah, he was running, you know, he's a little bit bigger than me, obviously, but uh, he was running a few of the practices, which was pretty cool to see. And he's just, like, he's a super humble guy, you know, like, even just walking in the gym and there's, like, kids trying to take pictures of him and all that. And he was just, like, embracing it all. And it seems like he doesn't even get bored of it, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, um, it's crazy because you're this kid from a small town in Canada. You were, like, eating yeah. cheeseburgers on, on, the, on the wrestling team. That's why you got your nickname, right? Because you said you were like, yeah. that was your, your... And then you go to Vegas, and Vegas is just strippers and porn stars and women and just mad and drugs and madness. How did you cope with all that? Honestly, I, uh, I, I've been to Vegas a few times prior, watching UFC events, just because I've been a, a fan for so long. But... Uh, Coming here was just all business, you know. I I stayed far away from the strip. I still do, you know. I don't really go go there for any real reason. Um, and it's just training. It's just business for me out here. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I didn't get. I don't want to get distracted, and those those distractions are easy out here. So uh, I just stay away from all that kind of stuff. I stopped partying when I was younger, and you know, the my career kind of decided my lifestyle. So you haven't been getting late at all? Come on, there's some hot chicks there. <laughs> no, I don't think my fiancé would be too happy with that back at home. <laughs> oh, wow, okay, so you got a fiancé back in Canada? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty rooted out there. You know, we bought a house and uh, got a dog and my fiancé and all that stuff. So, so um, BC and Vancouver will always be home to me, but uh, I just spend a lot of my time out here just training. What does your fiancé do? Uh, she actually is a yoga instructor, and uh, her family oh, owns a couple of yoga studios. Oh, so she's so all fitness and and sexy. And oh, yeah. <laughs> good for you. You can probably have crazy yeah, sex. Like her, her legs are like, like the back of her head, and you're just doing crazy stuff there. <laughs> good for you, man. That's uh, what I'm yeah. talking about. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> That's awesome. work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, have you already thought about what you're going to do with a million dollars if you win it? No, um, you know, I think I just want to, you know, invest it into myself and, uh, you know, get ready for next year. You know, I, I'm I'm more interested in winning this belt. You know, I want that title. The money's obviously the, the cherry on top, but I'm not chasing the money. I'm chasing the, the title and the championship and winning. Um, the money's just going to be kind of all this hard work paid off. Now, Lance Palmer is looking unbeatable. The guy, I mean, he shredded his, his double. It looks like he really found his groove. But you guys have trained together. So 
do you know some things like like maybe he just can't stop a an ankle pick or he's susceptible <laughs> to like a to like a, a right left uppercut or something? Is there do you know any cheat codes on being left baller? No, no, you know uh, he's my guy. You know that's still he's a he's a close friend and uh, yeah, I I use our our time training together as. It's more of just like, you know, confidence too. Like I feel like we're two of the better guys in the whole tournament and uh, training with him last year, getting him ready for the um, the playoffs and the two fights in one night and all that. I just use that as an experience. You know, it's I, I, I saw him do it and I was kind of doing it right alongside with him. So uh, it just makes me, it kind of feels like I, I did it last year as well. You know, I made it all the way to the weigh-ins in uh, New Orleans, you know, before that all fell through and, and stuff like that. So, um, I just use that as more experience, and I just, like I said, I feel like it's kind of cool how we're on two opposite sides of the brackets. Like, I feel, you know, if my way to the million is, is seeing him in the finals, and that's the way I would have wanted to, to do it anyways. If we had to fight, at least it's going to be in the finals. Did I lose you? You get the belt where now with Bellator and the UFC and even one, it's a lot of like management and who you know and uh, what. I, I actually you touched you. I actually lost you. I, lo- I lost you there, so I didn't really see what you were saying. What I was saying was, what I was saying is, I love the PSL because it doesn't matter if you're from Uzbekistan and you have seven Twitter followers. If you win, you win. Yeah. Whereas it seems like yeah, the UFC no- or Bellator, it's, a, it's more of a show. Absolutely, man. There's no shit talk. There's none of that, which is kind of cool. You you don't have to pick your fight. You know, it, it's all laid out in uh, points, and it's, it's you know, seeding, and, and you win, you keep going. You know, it's not like the, the more marketable guy gets the better fights or anything like that. It's just it's a tournament, which is pretty cool. And the two fights in one night is kind of something uh, you don't really see nowadays anymore, so it's awesome. Well, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to get people to watch your fight. Uh, what what day is it? October 17th. October 17th. I'm actually going to be, uh, I think, in Vegas the next week in, uh, performing at the Laugh Factory, so you better come to that one. Cause you said you could come to my last 10 shows, and you've been standing me up and ghosting me <laughs> ever since I've known you. So yeah. hopefully this one no, will show up. Yeah, I'm due. You know, I'm due to come out and check one of one of your shows for sure. But I will have you back on after your fight, and thank you so much, Jeremy. Good luck with everything, man. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, brother. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen Bonner. Thank you, Jeremy Kennedy. You guys rule. Uh, pleasure to have you guys on. I hope you guys enjoy your week. Uh, thanks for endorsing me on Rockfin, and uh, you guys great. You guys are all great. I love you all. Thank you for letting me live my dream and uh, for supporting what I do. Take care. Bye.